Hello, this is Mary Jo Tinlin from Teaching Your Toddler. Welcome to our show. Today is a very special day for us, not just because we have a great and brilliant author on our show, but also because it is our 100th episode of the show. I'm so excited today to talk to Stephanie Nelson. She is a New York Times bestselling author of a new book called Imagine More, Do What You Love, Discover Your Potential, which is out now from Thomas Nelson Publishing. She is also um, the creator of the Coupon Mom website, which launched in 2008. She is she became known as a savings expert and appeared on both national and local television as a, as that expert mom, including Good Morning America Today and the Oprah Winfrey Show. She also has another book, which was a bestseller called The Coupon Mom's Guide to Cutting Your Grocery Bills in Half. And she has a podcast called Pivotal People. Today, we're going to talk about how you can find your purpose or maybe your next chapter or whatever those gifts are that you've been given. And she's going to talk to us a little bit about what that looks like and what is in her book that will help you do that. And so stay tuned. You're going to hear some amazing things that will help you as uh, as a mom, as a as a person, as any any kind of person that is just getting ready for the next thing in their life. So join us now and uh, welcome to the show. Hi, this is Mary Jo Dillon from Teaching Your Toddler. And today we are welcoming um, Stephanie Nelson to the show to talk to us about her new book and also about reinventing yourself as um, stay-at-home moms or new moms or moms with any kind of child. Uh, I know we all sort of go through those time periods where it's like, gosh, what is my life really like? And so Stephanie, first tell us a little bit about yourself and then let's talk about your book and about reinventing yourself. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. I understand this is your hundredth podcast. That's very oh exciting. Gosh. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Yes, it is. Yeah. And, and the other connection is that you and I spoke a million years ago in the early days of this whole brand, Teaching Your Toddler, when it first started and I first started the website it was, um, I was doing a lot of, you know, uh, I was actually working for another website called Family First. And so I interviewed you for that. That was sort of the beginning of my journey as a content creator. And so I'm just, I'm loving that for our hundredth anniversary, we've sort of had this bookend of like the beginning of the career to the, to here we are at this milestone show. So thank you for mentioning that also. Oh, I love that. I'm honored to be here for it. So, Mm -hmm. um, that's great. So yes. So I'm a mom and I, um, I my I have two sons now who are 27 and 30. But 23 years ago, when I started what at the, the Coupon Mom website, which was teaching people how to save money on groceries, but also um, trying to encourage them to donate food to charity. And that piece, actually, the donate food to charity piece, is how it started. Um, I I added the how to save money on your family's own groceries to attract people mm. to the idea of donating mm-hmm. food to charity, but. I want to, I can really relate to your audience because when I had this idea, I love to use grocery coupons. The 23 years ago, I went and I heard a speaker at our church and she said, if there's something you love to do, pray about how you can use that to help other people. And I am one of those people you don't want to get stuck behind in line at the grocery store, the woman with all the coupons. And I really, that's a fun game. And that is what was just top of mind. You know, God, I really love to 
save money with grocery coupons. Surely there's a way for me to use this to help other people. And I started to pray about it every day. But I had two little boys. I had a three-year-old and a five-year-old. I'd quit working to be a stay-at-home mom. That was not in our family's financial plan at all. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's not until you have a child that you really know how you're going to feel. Right. So I convinced my husband that if, if I quit working, that I would be on a really, we drill it down to a super tight budget and we could make it financially. And so, um, you know, to his credit, he, he believed I actually made a PowerPoint presentation about it. And I will <laughs> say I kind of exaggerated the assumptions, but at any rate, um, the grocery coupons made a big difference. But there was, so I started to pray every day. How can I use this? And on day 11, I am at our church and they, on the church bulletin, they had a, an appeal for food donations for our local food pantry. I didn't even know there was a local food pantry. I was so naive. I didn't know that hunger was an issue that people Mm. in my suburb faced. Um, But what caught my eye was that every item on the list was a coupon item. Hmm. So I thought, oh, okay, this is interesting. And so the next day I went to the grocery store with my coupons. I got the stuff on the list and I got $60 worth of groceries at a cost of $10. Wow. Now that was, that was really my light bulb moment. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. There's something here. Mm -hmm. So I take the food to the food pantry with my kids. You know, you just can't leave them at home when they're that little. And we sat and we waited in the waiting room because I wanted to talk to the director of the food pantry to tell her this brilliant idea so she could somehow grow it. You know, Mm -hmm. what, what could I do? I didn't. So um, she didn't have time to see me. She was Mm -hmm. seeing clients all day. Mm -hmm. And what happened to me was probably the best thing because what happened to me was I looked around that waiting room and I saw other moms just like me with little kids, just like mine. And the only difference was, was that we were in different situations. Mm -hmm. Okay. It still gives me goosebumps when I think about this, when they've worked all day long, you could tell from their, they were dressed more nicely than I was. They've worked all day long. They're stopping at the food pantry to get some food before they go home. My pastor says, when you're looking where you can help, just pay attention to what breaks your heart. Oh, wow. That's profound. If something breaks your heart, you really don't have to work too hard to get motivated. Mm -hmm. Well said. Yes. So I go to the car. I go to the car in the parking lot. I never did see the director. And I just felt like God's telling me you should buy food for charity every day. You think it's fun anyway. I mean, how great is this? So we started collecting coupons at my church. They put a collection box. People would bring their Sunday coupons. And let me back up a little bit. This is the year 2000. Mm. Coupons are so unpopular. I honestly didn't know another friend who used them the way I did. Mm. It was just not, I mean, it became popular. They became popular in 2010. This is 10 years earlier. Wow. So, yeah. So, I tried to get women interested in using coupons and I would invite them to my house and I would explain how this worked and they were so confused. (laughs) So finally, yeah, my mother said, you know what, don't try to teach us to figure it out like you can figure it out. Just give us a list of what the best deals are that week. Okay. Well, wow. All right. I could do that. It it didn't occur to me to do the figuring out for people. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So one thing led to another. We did it every week. Pretty soon I had 25 women. I'm making these custom lists and it was getting cumbersome. And my pastor said, why don't you just start a website and put those deals on the website every week? And then anyone in the state could actually use that information. Right. Yeah. So that's what I did. And it cost me $35 to start a website on dial-up internet. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And, you know, it was just grassroots. And and I would take my, um, my older son would go to kindergarten and my younger son, I would go speak to women's church groups and he would just sit at the little table. He loved it because there was always a buffet, a china plate and a buffet. He could pick whatever he wanted. And, um, and they would go shopping with me and they would, you know, see the coupons. We would take the food to the food pantry. And, and I heard an expression I really loved years ago, which is children learn by what's caught, not taught. Oh, so my sons couldn't help the, they couldn't help but see that what we do in our family is we buy food and we donate it to charity. Mm-hmm. I never sat them down and gave them a little lecture about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the course of their life, it's interesting to see now that they're in their twenties, I was with my son in a restaurant. He was in his twenties and he had noticed when we were going into the restaurant that there was a homeless man outside. So we had our meal. He had a big sandwich. He ate half of it. And then he asked for it to go box and he got the other half. Hmm. And when we walked out of the restaurant, he walked a block to hand the sandwich to the homeless man. Hmm. I have never done that. I didn't teach him how to do that. I just, you know, we have to remember our kids are paying attention to everything we do. And if we really are sincere about it, and if we really are authentic and it's part of our life, they will learn it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep, absolutely. Well, the book that you wrote is called Imagine More, Do What You Love, Discover Your Potential. And you you alluded to it in the beginning uh, just a minute ago when you were talking about, you know, talking to God and bringing it to him and helping and letting him show you. But then you also had some things like the situation in the in the food pantry. But I also read about when you were trying to start your website, you had some issues with the IRS and had some rejection and things like that. Right. So how did that adversity sort of help you, you know, see see bigger things or better things? Well, I think that's. Such a good question because people tend to look at success stories and they think, oh, well, look at that. Everything just went so perfectly well. I actually wrote this book as a, I'm 60. And when I, when I turned 50, I kind of thought, you know, the best years of my life are behind me. Um, My kids are grown. So that job is done. By the way, it's not done. All right. 10 years later, I'll tell you, it's never done. (laughs) Their problems Um, get harder too, by the way, don't they? (laughs) As they get older, (laughs) bigger problems. (laughs) And sometimes the wonderful things too. Your your kids just call you to talk to you, you know, as their friend, as an adult. Um, But I wanted my sons to understand the backstory, just my sons. I want, so I went to a writer's workshop. I learned how to write a book. I got a coach. I didn't intend to publish it. Um, It's very hard to get a book published, by the way. Mm. So I just thought, Maybe I won't, by the time my sons are interested in this story, I might not be here anymore, but I want it in writing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's another story, but a publisher came to me and they published it. And now my sons have both read it because it's a real book between two covers. Yes. Um, And so the whole idea was my older son is a business analyst 
and he is 30 and he read my whole story, the backstory, the rejections, the challenges, the failures. And he called me up and he said, you know, mom, I didn't realize all of this. It's an unbelievable story. And so the story I wanted people to really understand is that I certainly, I never did a big thing. First of all, it looks like a big thing. It ended up being a multi-million dollar business. It ended up, you know, being national. Um, it ended up helping a lot of people. It was a free service. We never charged the people a fee to use it. It, it made me so happy. Mm. You know, I mean, and it started with a prayer. It started with a prayer. Lord, please mm. show me how I can use what I love. But I, as I was going along in the first three years of trying to get this thing off the ground, it really didn't catch on very mm. much. Just, just grassroots right around my immediate community. And mm. I had a dream that it would be something people would use nationally because it it was available nationally. Mm-hmm. It was free. We just had to get people to learn about it. I didn't have any staff and I didn't have any money. And anyone who has a business knows that the way to grow it is marketing people, PR people, a computer programmer, all kinds of things. And our fa- I just told you our family was on a budget. So my pastor said, well, you know, if you could if you were a 501c3 nonprofit organization, you could get grants. I thought, well, okay, that makes sense. So mm-hmm. he, our church accountant, took me on as a pro bono client, submitted an application for this project to get grants. And I got a call from the IRS agent. And this was the greatest rejection I've ever had in my life. <laughs> this I thought was a shoe in. And they said, no, you don't qualify. And they had a reason, which ended up just P.S., the reason was wrong. So if we had contested this, we would have become a 501c3 organization. But I'll tell you what, when the IRS agent called me, that this is a, I actually cried on the phone. Oh. The woman felt so sorry for me. She said, you know what? Um, You can withdraw your application. So there's no record of this rejection. We can do that for you. And then later on, if you want to apply again, maybe it'll go through. So we withdrew the application and I never did apply it because here's what happened the very next day. I was so heartbroken over this that I've never, I'd never done this. I um, closed the door in my bedroom Sunday night at nine 30. I got on my knees next to my bed and I asked God to take this obsessive drive away from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, you know, I'll keep doing the website because there were people who loved it locally who used it. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to make any, you know, critical mass to be able to sell ads or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I could, you know, I could continue doing that. I loved it. But just to stop driving everyone crazy, trying to have this thing be national. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whenever we go to God and just like throw it in front of them, just doing that, you feel more at peace. Yes. And so. Um, I thought he was telling me, I, I thought this was like God's message to me that what I was doing wasn't the best thing that I'd be a better mother if I stopped doing this project on the side and just really paid attention to my kids more. That's how I felt because we do this, right? Mm-hmm. I should, I, I shouldn't have something of my own, you know, mm-hmm. I should just be so focused. By the way, my kids both turned out well, in spite of the fact that perhaps I, spent a lot of time on my project. (laughs) So the um, next morning, I got a phone call. And it was from a man I knew at a PR agency. 
And he said, how did you get Clark Howard to talk about your website on the radio? And Clark Howard is a national financial expert, but I live in Atlanta where he is based in Atlanta. Any Everybody knows Clark Howard and everybody knows that Clark Howard is extremely ethical. He will not take any money from companies. He will not do sponsorship deals. So if he recommends something, you can trust it's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. My website went crazy. And then oh. the PR guy said, hey, you got to use this. Call up the local TV stations and tell them that Clark Howard's talking about your website. They'll have you on. And so I did. Wow. And they did have me on. And the day I went on, on local TV, I met a man who was another guest on the show. And he loved the whole concept of you can use coupons to get free food for charity. Mm-hmm. And he said, this has to go on national TV. <laughs> And he essentially got me on Good Morning America. Wow. And that changed everything. Mm, yes. As soon as, as soon as it went on Good Morning America, and I just thought the like the financial person on Good Morning America would recommend my website. Mm-hmm. That's what I was hoping for. But I was a regular mom and their audience were regular moms. And they said, we would like you to come. And just explain your coupon thing on TV. Hmm. Okay, let's get real for a second. (laughs) I have been a mother of toddlers and preschoolers. I just wore jeans and sweatshirts every day. I didn't even own a purse anymore. (laughs) This was to go to New York City and go on live TV Hmm. was terrifying. (laughs) But uh, the other side of me says, but you're going to get like five or six minutes of free exposure on national TV. Are you going to pass that up? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So finally my, the one who talked me off the ledge was my brother and my brother said, what are you so afraid of? Mm. They're not going to ask you about anything but grocery coupons. Right. I mean, they're not going to ask you what I think of the crisis in the middle East. They're going to ask (laughs) you about your topic. Right. Yes. And what you know about already. Yeah. Yep. And so, so many of us as women were like, oh, I I can't put myself out there. Wait a second. We all have something. Mm -hmm. Everybody has something Mm -hmm. that they love and that they know all about and that maybe they talk about too much and Mm -hmm. everyone knows it's your thing. Surely there is a way we can each figure out how to use that to help someone else. Yes. So along that line, how how would you and and you you used prayer? I think you've also talked about in the book about like thinking about what your strengths are. So like you said, your passions. What do you always talk to people about? What are those things you think about? What do you obsess about? What what, what touches your heart? Right. What are those ways that um, a mom that's listening to this, if they're thinking, "Gosh, I really want to do this or this or this," but I just don't know how to get started, and and all of those things. What? How do you sort of narrow that down or figure that out for yourself? Well, and that's why I actually, that's why I wrote this book again, thinking back to my sons, because I heard that speaker and she was great with that one motivating sentence, but there Mm -hmm. was no, she didn't have a follow-up program or anything like that. And I thought, okay, I wanted to kind of lay out a roadmap. Mm -hmm. Like your first step is, like you said, I call it, what is your superpower? Yes. You know, we all have something. So, and and that's 35,000 feet. So for example, you might say, um, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm good at, uh, let's see, I used to be a communications trainer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm good at telecommunications training. 
Okay. Back up a little bit. You're good at teaching. Okay. Mm. Back up a little bit more. You're good at communicating. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. as we get broader, there are more possibilities. Mm-hmm. You might take for granted that you're really good at listening to people and talking to people, mm-hmm. but you might not understand that. So I think it's good to ask our friends, ask our family members, hmm. what would you say my strength is? Oh, well, you're really good at listening to people. Mm-hmm. Well, how many, you know, mentorships programs? I mean, how many opportunities would there be to step in and help people with this wonderful ability of listening to others? Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be what you think is a tangible skill. It just, sometimes we're blind to what we're so good at because it comes so easily to us. Oh, well, that's well said. Yeah. Right. It's so yeah. obvious to us. We don't think, oh, people don't like to do that or they aren't comfortable doing that or whatever. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, and then um, I call it paying attention. Mm-hmm. So the next step for me was when we are like thinking in our head, whether, whether faith is important to you or not, is not the issue. The issue is if you are being intentional with this thought. So if your thought is, okay, you know what? I'm good at this. Mm-hmm. I am going to start paying attention to where I might be able to plug that in, in my immediate area. I want to say it's super important for me when I was home with my two kids, mm-hmm. I had made a big decision, a big sacrifice to be home with my kids. I wasn't about to give that up. Mm-hmm. So what is out there that would fit in the context of the life I love? Mm-hmm. You know, I could have said, oh, I should be teaching grocery coupon workshops all around the country and I'll travel and leave my kids home with my husband and I'll travel. You know, that wouldn't have worked in my life. Mm-hmm. Right. So. The website out of my house worked for my life mm-hmm. you know, yeah. on my off time. So um, paying attention, would I have noticed in the church bulletin, the food appeal? Had I not been really paying attention, looking around and saying, where can I plug this in? Where can I plug this in? Right. It was on your heart already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I think people are going to be surprised. Mm-hmm. Once you're kind of on the hunt for that, mm-hmm. what will jump out at you? Mm-hmm. Right. And I also love how, you know, like your story about the the local radio, um, you know, promo that happened, and then you sort of parlayed that into the local TV, and then that went national. I mean, like you were looking for things that maybe weren't conventional, um, or, you know, at the time, it, you know, things have changed a little bit since, since back then, because of social media, that that is a, right. big, a way to amplify in a different way that we didn't necessarily have in the in the beginning times for either of either of us. Um, and we may have done something different. But anyway, I, I guess, you know, those those sort of um, looking under the rocks that you wouldn't, un, you wouldn't normally expect to look for, right? Be creative. Well, and today you make such a good point because it's more accessible to all of us today to be able to get your message out there. And again, I'm a dinosaur, but this, when I was starting, there was no Facebook, there was Mm -hmm. no Instagram, there was no YouTube. Mm -hmm. All right. So today, if a mom has an idea, how wonderful that from your home with your phone, you can make videos, you can do a podcast, Mm -hmm. you can do a blog, you can... Uh, have a great Instagram page. You can have a great, um, whatever your medium is, you have full access to it at zero cost from your home. How wonderful is that? Right. Yes. Yeah. It it does make things so much different. I, I, yeah, I, you know, think about like your story about going to New York and being on the 
the show and all that. I mean, I did the same same thing with my book um, way back when, and I got to go to New York, and it was really scary but exciting, and and all those things. And now I just think, how much different would it have been the way I found people to be in my book and all of the things like that. Now that you've got this different um, resource to leverage through social media, I, I right. did actually find a couple way back in the early days. A couple of mine did come through like tweets, like Twitter. I I actually oh. found people to be in my book through Twitter, which yeah. was is so crazy, but. I don't know. Funny. Yeah, isn't it? But anyway, that uh that's great. So I um I I uh, another thing that I thought was really profound, you've got in the book a, a quote from the founder of Tom's and it's just, mm-hmm. you know, what would you do if you didn't have to worry about money or if you could do whatever you wanted with your time, you know, how would that open up things for someone? So, uh, you know, for the listeners just think about like what are those things that if you didn't have to like, you know, you said if you didn't have to have a career around it, what would you do? Yeah. And I'll tell you what, that every successful advisor, you know, like um, Steve Jobs, anyone giving advice, they always say, just do what you love. Mm. So for example, my, my thing, my, there was no way to make money um, with my website when I started because the advertisers that are on websites today didn't exist yet. Mm -hmm. So back when I started, it wasn't even a question. I didn't have the temptation of making money because there was no way to do it. But I did, my metric was how many people are using this? How many people are donating food to charity? And of course, the real metric is when you start hearing from real people via email or however they're communicating and, and you just feel like, okay, this is making a difference somewhere. Yeah. Um, But you can be surprised. I mean, I, the strategy of so many initiatives like Facebook, like Twitter, Mm-hmm. They they didn't have any advertising at all in the early days. Their goal was just right. to reach as many people as possible to get as big as possible, worry about making the money later. Mm-hmm. So if you have like putting out good content, if you have a mission, if you have a dream, it's not that it would never make money, just worry about it later. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if it takes off, if there will always be an opportunity once it's big enough. Um yeah. And the funny thing is, is that I was so broken. Now let's go back. I was so brokenhearted about the IRS agent saying no. Mm. And once my, you know, whole concept in the website did go national and once it got lots of traffic, then Google had invented a uh, ad product. It was super easy for someone like me, just threw it on the website and forgot about it. And the Google code would read what your website was about. And then it would deliver ads that made sense for your website. I never had to have a sales force. I never had to try to sell ads to anybody. It was so easy. But because of the sheer number of people we had, those Google ads made so much more money than government grants ever would have. (laughs) And we grew much faster. We hired, I mean, we never would have been able to afford the level of talent mm. that I was able to hire eventually right. with government grants. I didn't have to spend any time writing grant applications. So my accountant, that same accountant, he would say to me every year, the best thing that ever happened to you is getting rejected by the IRS. And truly in his 30 years of practice, mm. I was the only client he'd ever had who was rejected by the IRS. Wow. And probably one of the most successful that he ever worked with. <laughs> And, you know, so when we get knocked, this is why when we get knocked on our knees, sometimes we just have to say, you know what, we don't know the rest of the story. This is only Mm -hmm. one piece of it. Mm -hmm. It's easy for me to say that because I'm looking back over 23 years. But 
and, and I'm going to go, you know, back again for me, it worked in my life with my three and five-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I did say to my sons recently in their twenties, I said, you know, you guys, did I, I'm sorry if I neglected you or didn't pay enough attention to you when I was so busy doing this coupon mom thing. They both looked at me like deer in the headlights. They had no idea what I was talking about. And my son said, oh, mom, just what every kid in high school wants, more attention from his mother. (laughs) (laughs) So we don't, we beat ourselves up over our parenting and we're just making it up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I love that. I love that idea of just, you know, if, if someone's listening and they're thinking about these ideas and they're thinking they're so hard and there's so many things to think about that, that you really just need to open yourself up to, you know, what, what is possible. It, maybe it's not going to be the way you think it's going to be right. Like you just said, you didn't think you thought you were going to be a 501c3. You ended up not and had much more success. So as someone thinks through, like, what could I do? you know, just keep an open mind, I think, and keep looking and keep thinking and keep, you know, talking to people, right? Like your friends and people, you, you know, you, you never know who has con- connections to things that you can't even think of right now. Right. That's right. I called it um, pivotal people because mm-hmm. when I looked at my story over 23 years, you see all the people mm-hmm. who came into the story. Mm-hmm. So you might not even be a person who starts something, But when you start paying attention, you might see a person who has started something Mm -hmm. who needs you, who who needs your particular skill. Right. Because when I looked at my story, there were four people specifically. Had they not stepped into the story and never would have taken off nationally. Hmm. Extremely pivotal people. And the funny thing is, is that, of course, I reached out to each one of them and I wrote chapters about them and I share the chapters with them. Not one of them realized how pivotal they were Aww. because they're like, well, that was no big deal. Mm. What I did mm-hmm. know what you did, mm-hmm. like not just change my life, but hopefully people who benefited. And I do have to throw something in and we will talk about this. I'm sure. But um, yes, our website made more money than, but today we actually give grants. Aww. So had you been a 501 C three, but we don't give grants to 501 C threes. We give grants to people who are not 501c3s, (laughs) like little people, like people who have a dream, who are starting something like me and mom. Mm -hmm, I I share the story in the book that when I first started this with a three and five-year-old, no money, but you do have expenses. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I started this on dial-up internet. I told you that. So when I um, was eating my yogurt one day on the lid of the yogurt, there was a contest And it was an essay contest for people who were starting charitable projects. Hmm. And the prize was $1,000. So I entered and I was probably the only one who entered. I won and I got (laughs) $1,000. And I felt like that was a million dollars. And I bought my first computer and I upgraded my internet to DSL, which was a little faster than dial-up. Right. But I'll tell you what really mattered. And I still have it. I found it the other day. What mattered was the letter that the company sent to me as why they picked my project and why they thought it was worthwhile. And that I call affirmation. And so um, this this book, I already said this book deal I got was quite a surprise. Mm -hmm. I'm super thankful for it. It's with one of my favorite publishers, Nelson Books. And they gave me an advance, which is 
Uh, they give you money and you don't have to give it back. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> and I didn't expect it. So um, all of the money, we're using all of the money to give what I call Imagine More grants hmm. to people who are just like the yogurt company, people who are starting things, but they could use a little bit of money. So our grants, the tagline is we give small grants to people with big dreams. Mm -hmm. And I have a, a page on my website where people can apply for grants. And um, I'll just tell you, we don't exactly have a selection committee. It's me sitting at my kitchen table, probably crying over these stories. But um, And then we have a Facebook group. So my dream is that we would have a group of dreamers and we could perhaps connect maybe by Zoom workshops. I have experts who can come in and teach things. Perhaps we can meet in person. Perhaps we can have mentoring phone calls, mm -hmm. all kinds of connections. Because I learned in my journey that connections made all the difference. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, oh, wow. Yeah. That's great. What a great way to sort of pass on, you know, pass along what you uh, you benefited from for others to just amplify again that that uh, that benefit for people that's that's fantastic and I'm sure that that just keeps growing when you do that kind of thing when you plant those seeds you know I mean I believe that God just rewards us that way so that I, I think that's great and there's nothing for selfishly there is nothing more inspiring than being with the dreamer mm, yes when, yes when people are at the beginning of the dream it's just so exciting. So that's where I am. I, I just want to be a part of that if I can be. Oh, that's great. Well, hopefully but, someone listening will be inspired yeah. and possibly look this up. So speaking of that, how do people find you? How do they find the book? And how would they, if they were interested in this grant program, what would they do there? Okay. So anyone, the book is sold everywhere. So okay. any online site. We'll have um, links in the show notes, of course, too. Sure. And um, my website is my name, Stephanie Nelson dot com and you go there and there's a tab that says imagine more if you go to the imagine more page you'll find the grant application okay. and our facebook group and it's a private facebook group so um i just you know i'm just looking forward to seeing what happens yeah it's yeah, absolutely. We'll Great. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much again. I'm so it's been a pleasure speaking to you. I'm so happy that you were part of our 100th episode. Well, um, congratulations and, on that. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, excellent. Well, we'll have all the links in the show notes for everyone to find you. And uh, again, so appreciate your time. Yes. Thank but, you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. This has been the Teaching Your Toddler podcast with Mary Jo Tinlin. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you'll find us on our website at teachingyourtoddler.com, as well as on Facebook at Teaching Your Toddler, on Instagram, and on Twitter at Teaching Toddler. So join us again, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much.